I posted. I posted. Oh. Okay. So this is InfoSec decoded number sixty six. Is BGP safe? And Liz has cameras in the bathroom. Well, so um, I bet you never thought of this before, but uh, if you're at work and you're in the office and you go to the bathroom and you look up and you see a little red blinking light in the tiles above your bathroom stall, that could be there to protect your health and safety. At uh, least that's what Ikea told folks after. Well, well, you know, protesters might come in the bathroom and yell at you and then you'd wish they had a camera in there. Yep, you just never know. And in this case, uh, an Ikea in England got busted having um, cameras uh, in the employee restrooms. Uh, which have been up since 2015. Uh, somebody only noticed it because the power was out and they saw the little red blinking light. Um, and um, is that they, a crime? I mean, I don't really know. Is there a law? <laughs> well, I don't. In 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 Britain, I don't know. Uh, actually, I don't know if there's a law here against that, but um, it sure is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> And they claimed that the reason for this was that uh, was that uh, they, you know, they use forklifts at IKEA, and so they do drug tests, and they wanted to make sure that uh, nobody was uh, flouting the drug test rules in the bathroom. If if they do drug tests, then how? If you were snorting cocaine in the bathroom then they would catch you anyway, right? So why do they need a camera? I think that they claimed that they didn't want people subverting the uh, the drug test, but what doesn't make sense to me is that every, and this may be different in Britain, but every workplace drug testing policy I've known, that, known of, you get sent to the lab. Yeah. And if you have an accident on the job, well, they send you to the lab right away. So I, it didn't really make sense to me why um, it didn't really make sense to me at all why they did that. Their excuse was that it uh, was to de detect alleged activity that could have resulted in serious industry inju injury to coworkers that maintain a, a, a high level of safety on site. Um, and right before that, they said they have a, a, a drug testing policy in place. So no, this just sounds just like more, it sounds like more Brexit stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. Their yeah. excuse doesn't make any sense. So apparently yeah. the staff's uh, thinking about suing Ikea, more power to them if they yeah. get somewhere with that. Yeah, it does sound completely pointless. I, so that, that's that's ridiculous. So a, a few years ago, I had a, a, a housemate move in and she just moved in. I didn't know her that well, but it was around the time of uh, April Fool's Day, April 1st. And I had this idea running in my head for a long time uh, to put a bunch of like fake cameras in the bathroom on April Fool's Day. And so I, I went over the top and I had like four cameras with little red LED lights all staring at the toilet. And like a bunch of them, uh, like in the shower and everywhere. Um, and, and I put it in and I had, uh, uh, I put posters on the wall saying, you know, prosecute, uh, violators will be prosecuted and all this stuff. And it was very funny. Um, some of, I had other housemates too. And my other housemates 
saw it and they laughed. I mean, it was really over the top. Um, and, uh, but this new housemate, I didn't know that well, um, didn't say anything. So I assumed whatever, she just thought it was boring. <laughs> um, and I started getting calls like later in the day uh, from like all these people about what were you doing? Like, are these like cameras in the bathroom? What's going on? You can't, you can't do this. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and um, so it turns out my, my new housemate had a, a bit of a case of uh, schizophrenia and uh, thought that the cameras were absolutely real and that people were out to get her. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just don't do that. You don't put cameras in the bathroom, especially with blinking lights. I mean, that was, that was an April Fool's joke. Like, of course you don't do that. Um, I don't I don't know what IKEA was thinking. That's ridiculous. These weren't like stick up wireless cameras either. This was like a whole system of hardwired <laughs> surveillance cameras. Yeah. yeah you, I don't yeah, just yeah. I, I have it so it is so hard to imagine that nobody thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't be putting cameras in the bathroom. I wonder if this like violates GDPR in some reason, in some way. I mean, seems like it violates pretty much everything. <laughs> well, anyway, then Caitlin has something wrong with the iPhones. No, no, the iPhones are actually working just as intended. Well, well, even more mean, so. That doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with them. Yes. So Tom's Guide uh, has an article written by Paul, um, oh, uh, Wag, Wag and Seal, Wage and Seal. Um, I'm sorry, I messed up that name. Uh, talking about uh, which phones share more data. And now, most of you are probably thinking, well, okay, we know that, that iPhones are pretty secure and that Androids are just doing whatever by scrupulous people. So obviously it's gonna be Android. Well, that's not really the case at all. Uh, so Androids do tend to send more data by volume, whereas iPhones tend to send more diverse amounts of data. But each type of phone sends out beacons and sends out data, whether or not you're using the phone or not, on average, every four and a half minutes. So every four and a half minutes, you're being, you know, tapped on and seeing what your phone is doing, what you're doing, what apps you're running, etc. So it doesn't really make any sense because Apple is not ad targeting. So what do they want all that data for? That's a good question. I do know a lot of the apps use a lot of ad targeting um, and a lot of data exfiltration. Um, enough so that it's it's just absolutely annoying. Um, so it, it's pretty simple to create a man in the middle attack on your phone and see what's going in and out. Um, and there are there is some stuff going in between your phone and Apple. I forget at the moment what, but it's mostly usage data stuff like that. Um, but when you start up like a game, and even if you think it's like not a big deal. That game is suddenly streaming everything <laughs> to their uh, servers. Like every, like just tons and tons of data going in and out and trying to figure out your behavior, what you're doing, how to best target ads towards you. Um, I mean, it's not stealing your credit card information. It's not stealing your pictures or anything, but it is well, absolutely tracking you. That. What? Apple already has your credit card. Yeah, Apple already has. They don't even need to steal that. You gave it to them, so whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, they just, the main thing, of course, is ads. It's not a nefarious thing where they're trying to track you and keep 
tabs on you wherever you go. It's, it's more like just random data collection. But the thing is, once you have enough data points, you can, you can start inferring other things, which is really scary. So for example, the, the best example of this is DNA. Um, if you, let's say, uh, because for example, let's say you share DNA, and, and this is nothing to do with phones, but this is an example of how data can, can be, uh, uh, enough data can, from other people or other sources can, um, uh, can be used to track you. So like if for the data, for DNA collection agencies, for example, uh, because you'll share a certain amount of DNA with your family members, if you have um, enough family members, even distant cousins, upload their DNA to like a DNA uh, service to find out, you know, what's yeah. going on with them. Um, that, that's enough that if they find your DNA, they know exactly who you are. They know exactly where you've been. They know exactly, you know, who all your, your, you know, lineages and everyone around you. So, yep. you know, if, if, yeah, so yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is that if, if you get enough data from uh, sources, that just seems like completely disconnected. Um, there's someone out there willing to connect the dots back to you and back to things you might not want them to know. Yeah, and those DNA services are a complete ripoff. Not only do you expose the identity of all your relatives, but there is no value. Uh, or the experts in the field say you might as well just get an astrology reading or a tarot card reading because their interpretation of it is just random. <laughs> it's random and they actually keep all the samples you give them. Yeah. So now, you, now you're in a in a database. And like I said, the, the main thing, the main benefit of these DNA, um, you know, like 23andMe, where they read your DNA, um, is for solving crimes, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that works. You can actually match it with a blood sample or something and, and catch a criminal. But the yes. part where they predict like your medical problems or anything, that is pretty much garbage. Right. So really? all, of, all of it is just that's what, not... that's what the experts say. The experts say don't bother at all. There's there's very little actual scientific basis for it. Right. So so in 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 the biological circles circles, we call this epigenetics, which basically refers to the idea that your um, environment and genetics both play a role in your uh, phenology and what you look like and what happens with your body. So just because you have a genetic gene or genetic predisposition towards something doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen because it really does require both uh, environmental and uh, genetic factors to sort of come together. So I think also, I mean, they just say it's too early. There may come a time. I mean, you know, I've heard this like 30 years ago. They really ought to measure your DNA before assigning you any drugs or medical treatment to customize it for you, but they're just not ready yet for that. They're not ready yet. They're not ready. And the thing is, is that 23andMe is only looking at very specific... When, when they do the test, they're looking at very specific um, base pairs. Uh, most people have about 99% of base pairs in common. Yeah. And, you know, the ones that we don't have in common are usually little strings um, uh, in places that, that really don't have a whole lot to do with our health. <laughs> so. Yeah, the only part people seem to like is like what race is in your ancestry. I remember all the white supremacists found out how much black they were and that really set them off that was awesome yeah yeah <laughs> anyway yeah somehow we went from phones to dna to yeah, yeah. anyway looks well, all the same yep all right anyway so Irvin, is bgp safe no <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the whole article no well right. uh cloudfire made this really cool site to help educate people on what bgp is 
and how unsafe it is along with all the latest updates that have occurred with it. There is a secure form, right? But somehow it never seems to get rolled out. Right, right. It's still very slow to get rolled out. Yep, and that's what brought Facebook down, right? It was bad right. BGP updates. That is according to all the shenanigans that we were seeing yesterday, is that somebody uh, misconfigured an update in BGP and caused all of Facebook to go down. Well, that's about the only way you could kill all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one easy shot, yep, yep. Yep. Well, that happened to Cloudflare a few years ago, but it only was down for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Because they didn't well, get locked out of the building, which Facebook apparently did. Right, right. Uh, so much for connected devices is such a good thing, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> all, right. Mm -hmm. all right, and Alan has got, oh yeah, the, the, the expose about all the dirty money. Uh, a huge, huge expose being called the Pandora Papers. Um, this is the, in some ways, the biggest release of offshore financial dirty dealing and uh from source unknown the panama papers that was more or less the same thing right you know i thought this was that i thought that this was the panama papers right but the panama papers uh, concerned a single law firm located in panama this comes from uh several different organizations that handle um offshore accounts and it's got 14 different sources, in fact, and nearly 12 million files, almost 3 million images, over a million emails, um, about 6.5 million documents, and in total about 3 terabytes of data. So this Somebody, Edward Snowden thing is really catching on. They happen to <laughs> Facebook. Everybody is like hating their employer and just dumping all the documents. <laughs> yes, but this is more than one source. So, and the interesting thing is that uh, nobody's stepped forward to claim credit. And in all the reports about these Pandora papers, there's no mention of the origin of this information. Well, well, you, you'd go to jail, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, you you'd go to jail. And actually, I would be more worried about uh, a hit. Yeah, because among the many, many figures, public and political figures implicated in this um, is Vladimir Putin. Oh, not directly, but uh, his presumably former girlfriend, um, even though Putin was married at the time and uh, rumored to be the mother to Putin's child um is named in this along with other very prominent uh, russian oligarchs who of course are always tied back to putin and uh, also childhood friends of putin are named in this so clearly there'd be some motivation shall we say in taking care of the, the uh, person responsible for this. But it's not just Russia. It's not just Vladimir Putin. It's also King Abdullah II of Jordan, um, the current prime minister of the Czech Republic, Andrei Babish, yeah. um, presidents of a number of different countries, including uh, Kenya and Congo and uh, Gabon. So it, this really does implicate dozens of uh, polit politicians, and it shows how they are um, using offshore accounts and shell companies to move money around 
uh, to hide assets. Um, it's a huge, huge story, except it isn't really getting that much press. It got a little bit of press over the weekend, certainly. All the major news outlets did a big story on it, but it's promptly been forgotten, it seems. And unfortunately, uh, it seems to be headed the way that um, the Panama Papers and the Paradise Papers uh, were treated after those releases. There's well, very- yeah, what's so well, is, this stuff, is this stuff illegal? I yeah. mean, a lot of this is illegal. Some of it's not. It's not. There's nothing illegal about having an offshore uh, corporation that's used to move money around, but it is very illegal if the money is being laundered, um, if it's a public figure that's essentially stealing money from their country and then moving it into one of these offshore bank accounts or corporations that are then impossible to track. And... Um, among the many revelations in this report is that now South Dakota is becoming a favored offshore destination. In the past, it was uh, places such as the Bahamas or um, Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands, exactly. British Virgin Islands. And um, London. London is huge for this. Yes. Um, but now South Dakota apparently has become a very popular destination along with Nevada and Wyoming because now they have extremely lax laws that allow organizations uh, or entities that are creating these companies, these shell companies, to basically create all fictitious information and to make it impossible for anybody to investigate the true owner or controllers of privacy laws. So I guess my question is what's going to happen? Um, I, well, I, I, I think I should interject and, and point out that um, one of the reporters, I think it was for like the Panama Papers, um, died in a mysterious car explosion out of nowhere. Um, I think this might be um, a good opportunity for us to move on to the next subject and not talk about this too much because I sort of value being alive. <laughs> well, I don't think we're significant. Probably well, was, not. That was a reporter in Cyprus. Yeah. Right. And she had been digging dirt for years. Yeah. So we're not we're not uh, high enough on the food chain. Definitely not. If they rub us out, that's not going to stop the next leak. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, but I think Irvin's got the point. I don't think anything is going to happen. I don't think anything- what happened with the last one other than a couple of people died who were digging in. But yeah, life yeah. just moved on. Uh, the yeah. prime minister of Iceland was forced to resign. Oh, well, that's nice. They must have some effective anti-corruption in Iceland. We could use some here. Right. (laughs) And uh, the uh, Czech prime minister is facing re-election in just a couple of weeks. And he ran, formerly ran on a a platform of cleaning up corruption because he's already a billionaire. So he doesn't need to worry himself about making any more money. That doesn't stop a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, I should be had some anti-corruption going on around here, but uh, I don't hear much about it. I know a couple of places where we can bring some anti-corruption. Well, anyway, I've got a heartwarming story. Kalishnikov has made a shotgun you control with your Apple Watch. So that's what everyone needs. This, and it's coming around to Christmas. You know, everybody needs a gift. So this is clearly the cloud pleaser. It records every action you take. Um, so I guess you can post it up on Facebook or something. And uh, 
anyway, what's, what I don't really get is why you would want this, but. Uh, I don't understand why or how. So it's Bluetooth operated? Yeah. What would go wrong? You can fire it with the gun, with the watch? Well, they mentioned you record what you do. It has like a camera on the gun and you record what you do. So I guess you create like a first person shooter video to put on Facebook or something. But um, Okay, so the the computer there's a computer inside the stock of the gun that yep records the number of shots and, and hits, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's tracking the bullet and letting you know if it hit. Well, it's got yeah. a camera. It's recording, I think. You, you can see whether it hit anyway. Uh, yeah, it records the time, the rate of fire, and the number of targets hit. So uh, it also has a pre-installed compass and GPS module in okay. case you lose it. Uh, so, I mean, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like you can actually control it with the Apple watch, which is good. It sounds like it's like basically like a, a super tactical GoPro. Well, I think it's basically Pokemon Go, right? You walk around shooting these things. Whoa, this thing costs $2,000. Just the shotgun is five, 500 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody needs one anyway. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm sold on that. Yeah, me yeah. either. And also keep in mind that automating your guns um, is pretty illegal. Um, not not in the sense that it's illegal to automate them, but if you were to be automated and use them in a in a self defense manner, that is actually illegal. Uh, there was a famous case about this where a, a couple uh, was getting robbed all the time. Uh, so they set up some shotgun traps in their house. Oh, yeah. So if someone, yeah, some yeah, shotgun booby traps and some people broke into their house, sure enough, went around the house and then opened the door, shut off the trap. They got shot in the leg and then, you know, they didn't die, but they had to go to the hospital and um, they sued and successfully won. Um, you're not allowed to sort of set up these automated uh, defense systems. Um, booby traps are illegal in general. Yeah. yeah. Just no. That is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I think I thought. What the, is what's dumb? I thought the Second Amendment meant you could like do anything lethal you wanted to. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, you you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you cannot. You cannot set up booby traps and automated gun turret systems to protect your house or anything like that. It is. I know that you. I know you were planning on that for your weekend project, Sam. But yeah, yeah. sorry to break it to you. Well, you know, if we put like Marjorie Taylor Greene in the White House, this will change in a hurry. Especially if we put Lauren Boebert in the White House, this will change in a hurry. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, Liz says this text message just got hacked. Yes, so this is kind of an interesting story uh, that didn't really get a whole lot of coverage, I thought. Um, and uh, so it, it came out uh, yesterday in uh, Vice Motherboard was where I read it. It's probably in some other outlets as well. Um, and it's about a company called Cineverse. Um, and uh, probably never heard of Cineverse, That's but you probably... Yeah, you probably haven't heard of it, but you probably used their services before because they are a conglomerate which um, many, many, many different um, uh, cell carriers use around the world to route uh, SMS messages. Um, and uh, they got totally 
totally hacked. Um, and uh, that's pretty critical because uh, they, um, uh, they uh, basically process all of the texts for um, like 300 different uh, mobile carrier companies. And uh, once, you, once you get into them, you're able to uh, get a whole lot of data from, uh, from the client company. So now, SMS does not go over IP, right? It goes through some other network, right? Right. That's correct. I've always been kind of vague on the telephone network. I actually wanted to learn it and teach a class. So I couldn't find good textbooks or anything. You, Sam, you should have been. You should have come with us uh, at uh, DefCon to one of the parties yeah. uh, that Liz and I went to. One of the people there was specifically worked for the telephone company. Yeah, and oh. did, yeah, yeah, and did uh, uh, hacking for you know four G, five G stuff. Um, but the way SMS works is that there's a backend on all like two G, I believe it's two G, and up uh, cell phones for like messages in the background, like you know, oh, it's time to reset your phone or you know, there's an update or something and on, on to, and they piggyback on those messages to, you know, send personal messages. It's entirely free. It's entirely there to begin with. Um, yeah. And then of course the cell phone carriers initially just made a fortune off of it because we can charge so much for these text messages when they're essentially free. I mean. yeah. <laughs> um, and that was, that was terrible. Uh, but yeah, it, that's, that's how it works. It's just a, a backend on, on the, on the, um, uh, on the cell systems we already use. Yeah, and I think it's actually proprietary. I, it's it's not proprietary in the sense that it's different between cell phone providers. It's it's a standard, though it may be proprietary in the sense of like MPEG is proprietary. Like okay, yeah, all right. Well, in the you know like with most things too, this has been going on for at least five years until they caught it. So. Yeah. I've heard so many people say you shouldn't be using SMS based 2FA because it's so easy to steal those. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This right. is a, a big reason why we shouldn't be using it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Caitlin's got more Apple. Right. Yes. More Apple and Apple's in the news. Uh, so who made more profit from game from games? Uh, was it Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, or Apple? Well, according to Nintendo Life and uh, Damien uh, McFerrin, it was Apple. Uh, in 2019, Apple made more profit from games than Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft all put together. Uh, so this is what you can do with a monopoly. <laughs> if you have a monopoly, you can use- They don't use even make any games, right? Apple they, doesn't make any games at all. They do not. That was one of their big flaws early on. Uh, so back in the early days of of 1980s home computers. Uh, Apple came out with the Macintosh. It was super cool and everything, but they really wanted people to take it seriously and get in the offices. And so they were very stringent about, let's not have many games on it and let's not make this a games machine, um, which totally bit them later on because that's how you prove that your machine is a multimedia powerhouse is through games. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that, that ended up, but um but yeah, so Apple famously does not does not really do games. But even if you don't make games and you have Monopoly, you can make more money than all these companies combined <laughs> with games. On the App Store, right? Yes, yeah, so all you need is a Monopoly. There you go. Yeah, you need to control the App Store. 
Yeah. And everybody has control. To- and, and this, of course, ties into the beef with uh, Fortnite and Apple at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's that does make sense, really. All right. And Irvin, open source rewards. Um, yeah, I found this uh, not too long ago. Uh, Google, along with a bunch of others, are forming this this group where you can put in. It's basically a bug bounty for open source stuff. Yeah, I wonder how it works. I'm seeing an awful lot of people complain and drop out of bug bounties and just go back to like uh, full disclosure and say it's all just a rip off. They never pay. They don't admit the truth. They don't. Me answer too. Anything. And those those are pointing to um, Hacker One and uh, Bug Crowd. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this this little group here is uh, not that way and they actually pull through. It would be nice to have something like that for our open source tools and uh, code that we use all the time. Well, yeah, and I think it, it gets down to like those supply chain issues. I mean, your open source tools, why would you trust them? Who really audited them? Who wrote them? There's no good answers to any of those questions. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be nice if this fills that gap. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that we're just going to have to wait and see how the Linux Foundation handles this. And yep. hopefully they do it better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Alan's got the Facebook whistleblower. Yeah. Francis Hogan, who is a former product manager for the civic engagement team or something or other at Facebook. And as a matter of fact, she's testifying before a Senate committee right now. Uh, she appeared on the TV show 60 Minutes, uh, first of all, revealing her identity as the whistleblower on Facebook and going into a great deal of detail uh, into why Facebook is such a horrible company and all the terrible things they're doing. And the list is very, very long, but some of the highlights from the 60 Minutes interview include the fact that Facebook is intentionally trying to make people angry. Yeah. And that this is what riles people up and then keeps them on the platform longer than they otherwise would. Well, you know, this is were... also the business model of MSNBC and Fox. Well, th this is true. It's not exclusive to Facebook, but yeah. um, Facebook is perhaps better than others, except possibly Fox. Yeah. Uh, and she did explicitly say that Facebook is worse than other social media companies, companies that she has worked for. She's <coughs> interested and Google, and I don't think anybody's going to suggest that Pinterest is one of the great social media companies of the world. Well, well YouTube, I think, has the same business model. Yeah, uh, YouTube certainly has similar problems. Um, but uh, she, she said a lot of things. And one really interesting point was that um, in Europe, not the US, but in Europe, various political parties had to run uh, certain types of ads, political ads, because that was the only way that they would get engagement on Facebook. So these, these European political parties were placing ads on Facebook that they otherwise might not have um, and taking even positions or highlighting positions that were more extreme than they might've wanted because that was the only way that they could get the attention of users on the Facebook platform and to get engagement. 
and therefore to get votes. And so in other words, Facebook in, and their algorithms are encouraging political parties to be more extreme because that's what gets attention and that's what gets votes. Yeah. And well, you know, when I was a kid, I remember the news was boring and church was boring. And then they gradually invented more exciting churches. And now they've invented more exciting news, you know? It, well, it is news is entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Reminds- that's somebody who needs to go into hiding from a hit. <laughs> well, that's what I was just thinking. I hope he has a good lawyer. I yeah. Mean- I worry about this too, because uh, my understanding is that um, since she went to the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, um, as a whistleblower, she's probably protected under the um, Dodd-Frank Act. You got to watch. Probably protected there, but she also went public to the news media. Yeah, and she shared uh, many documents. She's the source of documents that it was affecting teenage girls, right? Right. Yeah, but oh, many others too. I hope to God she talked to a lawyer before she did that. I know, I know. And the fact is that she shared all those documents with news media, not just the SEC. And that's, so she may that's be stolen property or something, right? I mean, well, right. she may be, since she reported it to the SEC, she may be protected under whistleblower laws. Well, right. That, no, and that, laws are that's not the whole claim. You might think. The, the whole claim is that she's protected because she went to the SEC, and that may well end up being true, but I don't know if she's protected because she went to the media. That's an entirely yeah. different, separate. I mean, I exposed something a few years back having to do with HIPAA, and then a storm of protest and complaint appeared, and I tried to see if I had whistleblower protection, and I found out I did not, because I told the company, and you're only protected if you tell the feds. Oh, mm. and so by trying to be nice and giving the company a chance to fix it, I cut myself out of whistleblower protection. That's why you really need to talk to a lawyer before you do stupid things. <laughs> anyway, well, I wouldn't say it's stupid on her part. It's incredibly brave, and uh, yeah. those uh, are two different words. I mean, she's committing thing. career suicide here. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, Maybe. I mean, you know, to me, that speaks a lot to her ethics and character. And I mean, there may be, it may be career suicide or, or she may have options after this by uh, companies that actually value that sort of old fashioned thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But anyway, um, hopefully, uh, aside from having trouble finding a job, hopefully she can at least like not go to jail, you know. <laughs> Yeah, or get disappeared. Well, I I don't think Facebook disappears prominent Americans. I'm not that cynical yet, but maybe I'm wrong. But she can be sued into financial oblivion. Yes, of course. Uh, Facebook will certainly bring a ton of lawyers to punish everybody involved. That's standard American business. And, and, and I think the other thing is, I was just listening to like Kara Squisher and Scott Galloway. Do you think anything will happen to Facebook? I tend to think no, because <laughs> this is only about the eighth time everything has come out about Facebook being- When, when I, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg testified before con- Congress a couple of years ago, I watched that with like rapt attention because it was just so fascinating to me. And <laughs> considering, 
Considering that testimony and the outcome, no, nothing's going to happen to Facebook. It's like there's people that think Donald Trump is going to jail, and I very much don't think no, so. Yeah. No, not happening. He'll get sued and like have to have lawyers and stuff, but I don't think these kind of powerful people can go to jail in our system. There was also there were also a bunch of people, you know, trying to make a connection yesterday between the Facebook outage and this report uh, coming out. That's tempting. I don't really think those two things are related. <laughs> no, but but it would be pretty funny if they were. Anyway, all right, and so I've got the, so these Bitcoin ATMs. I didn't even know. There were Bitcoin ATMs in actual use. Apparently, there are thousands of them. And of course, they're garbage like you would think they would be. <laughs> they didn't bother to secure them. So they have like a default QR code that you can get in. And they have like a USB slot where you can reboot from the USB. And, you know, everything stupid is stupid about them. I've only seen them in Vegas. You saw yeah, them? There, there's, yeah. there's a Bitcoin... Oh, there's a Bitcoin ATM near the college. Is there? Good. Yes. There's, go. Yeah. So I don't know the name of this place, but it, it's across the street um, from, uh, if you go north from the college, there's past uh, Sunny, what is it, Sunnydale, the, past the elementary school, there's a little like 7-Eleven-ish mart uh, next to the bus stop. You go in there, there is a Bitcoin ATM. And why? Who in the world wants to buy Bitcoin at an ATM in a liquor store? Like, And then don't you have to put in your wallet address and all kinds of... How are you going to put in your wallet address, which is like six... Oh, you have QC QR code, right? Man. I, I doubt it's been used more than like a dozen times, but it's there. I know, but, but I mean, now now in um, El Salvador, they give you a free $30 for using it. Now, that would be a reason. But other than that, I can't think of any sane reason anybody would use Bitcoin. But anyway, it's uh, in addition, just the fact that it sells. Besides, by the way, the Bitcoin transaction fee is, I think, at least $15 or $20 now. So all these must be off-chain transactions. So I, I'm... Nothing about this makes a lick of sense to me. Anyway. Yes, it's handy if you're out and about and a little short to pay your drug dealer or something. I don't know. <laughs> There's this thing called cash, you know, which is like... Well, what is this thing you speak of cash? I, you know, I mean, anyway. All right, well... Got a new tech. Yeah. All right, well, we're back to Liz with hackers. Hackers? Hackers hacking thing. So there was a pretty interesting report that came out last month um, uh, from NBC, uh, though it was by way of a private firm who had uh, analyzed a, um, a, a several, um, it was more than 1200 American K through 12 schools. Um, and uh, this made made the discovery that uh, a lot of these schools were um, had been uh, had had like massive data leaks, and some of them were pretty disturbing. A lot of the schools didn't know about them. Um, some of the schools did know about it, uh, but when it happens, there's pretty much nothing you can do about it, and it's pretty crazy because I mean, this is a lot of stuff. 
um, just your standard PII, but then stuff like uh, stuff like um, you know uh, social security numbers, fingerprints, uh, medical data, stuff like that, which is pretty unfortunate considering all that is enough to completely steal somebody's identity. It's happened to me before. Uh, it, it's a nightmare for years to deal with. And these kids are, it's happening to them before they're even out of grade school now, which is uh, pretty wild. And, and I mean, the schools, you know, on one hand, schools just don't have most public, especially public schools just don't have the resources to um, secure these systems. I mean, I have worked with county IT departments uh, these are often in horrific states of either under-resourcing or the people running it have no clue what they're doing or, you know, the county's corrupt and they're not spending the money where they should be. And um, it's really just a disaster. You know, when we were um, growing up in school, our, our records were all kept in a paper file. Like I had to go... Um, get a hold of mine a few years ago for some reason and turns out they still have all that stuff in an archive somewhere but somebody had to go pull the, the physical file from years and years ago and then uh by the way there's no uh, photocopy it there's no significant physical security on any of that either that's correct but uh, when you consider that most uh, most hacking is a crime of opportunity um just by default, uh, a, a locked uh, warehouse with a burglar alarm somewhere in the rural Midwest is going to be less um, liable to have a date, less likely to have a data breach than um, poorly secured. Somebody's poorly secured. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, somebody's poorly secured spreadsheet. <laughs> on their uh, on their school system that hasn't changed the the default password in the past fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, it was a time after I was done finding like um, pharma infections at colleges and telling them and finding out that nobody cared. I actually found some at high schools and I tried telling them, and boy, people don't care even a lot more. <laughs> well, and it's it's sad because kids. You know, education is still compulsory. Kids can't opt out of this stuff. And these schools really should be taking that stuff a lot more seriously, just like hospitals, because, you know, you can really screw up somebody's life um, by uh, releasing these details. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's not surprising at all that the schools are like insecure and in getting hacked. Well, and I think, you know, this is K-12, but I often think about, since I work for in the college system, I often think about how um, abysmal those systems are and the fact that, you know, we, we're really setting our students up for the same thing. And, you know, as a security professional, that's upsetting to me, but the way their bureaucracy is structured, there doesn't seem to be much I can do about that. Well, see, see, you're not looking at it the right way. It's job security for us and our students. That's true. You got to you got to look at it positive. Anyway, uh, so Caitlin's got a brain implant. Yes. Good news, everybody. Um, if you have depression, there's a new cure for you, and all it involves is a few holes being drilled into your skull. <laughs> so. 
BBC News has an article written by uh, Michelle Roberts uh, talking about a new therapy for depression. Uh, and as I mentioned, you, you drill some holes in people's skulls and you attach uh, electrodes to the brain. And apparently this woman who is just goes by the name of Sarah in the article um, had this device implanted in her brain. And supposedly it actually really works. Uh, so uh, the details are, because this is a BBC article, it, it is a bit sparse, but from what I understand, they sort of map out the brain and figure out what part of the brain is being understimulated with patients with severe depressions. And then to stimulate those areas of the brain, they essentially just hook up electrodes and give it a little nudge. Yeah. Uh, and supposedly it, it works. Uh, <laughs> Sarah says, hey, it's... Uh, it worked for me. You feel euphoric, you know. You get these electrodes put in, um, yeah. but you know it's pretty extreme to start getting holes drilled in your head to start allevi alleviating, uh, you know, things like emotional uh, disorders and stuff. So, well, I don't. I, well, I'm not sure. I agree. You know, I've been waiting for this my whole life. When I, in the in the '60s, they put wires in rats and monkeys, pleasure centers, and they would push the button, and I. Then the science fiction came out saying this would be so much better than buying heroin or anything. I mean, just uh, the wire heads. It seems logical, probably safer, probably less side effects. And it never happened. I never knew why. There were always a few cases like this where they actually tried it and it did totally work. Right. I, I, would, I would think uh, this would be a popular drug and probably safer than the other ones. That, that's true. And it might be safer than certain drugs. Um, but like I said, you're, you're, you know, putting electrodes on your brain. I mean, well. Well, you, you have this bad attitude about sticking electrodes in your brain. I wanted to get a Google brain implant. Does not you? Doesn't everybody? That would be awesome. What, what I want is for the vaccine to actually have 5G. I want my body to be an antenna. I'm not so keen on anything that's sort of poking in my brain for some reason. That's just me. I want like a direct brain to the internet interface. It would be awesome. And, then we, and you could shoot your shotgun by just thinking about it. Yeah. No, if we could... It, <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn. Um, <laughs> and you win at all the video games yeah yeah you're, you're not right. mnemonic it would yeah. be awesome yeah no if they could do it without some issues with this plan yeah no if they could do it without the electrodes going straight into your brain through your skull i think i'd be more for it but uh, as it stands right now it's well there would invasive. be some issues with caitlin around too um yeah, no, it reminds me when my mom got uh, hearing aids and how that much fun that was for me, <laughs> especially because the hearing aids were Bluetooth now and completely insecure. And suddenly voices were whispering in my mom's ear and it was great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, be careful with with these implants, people. Um, but it doesn't sound like this is computerized. It's just an electrode. No, the early ones were very simple. Yeah. And I thought it would totally become an illegal drug available. Anyway, but, but but I mean, I must say, I, I don't find this implausible at all. I, uh, severe depression is a real problem. And yeah. any therapy be, that works is worth it. Be, it's a life-threatening problem. It'd be nice if it worked, but I don't know if I would, uh, I don't know how it would go if I gave my my students extra, extra credit for hacking my direct brain interface in class. <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. That would be awesome. But like I said, it's, it's you know, <laughs> buyer beware. <laughs> Yeah. 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 All right. Well, some people are just sticks in the mud and resist. I mean, you know, I, I like it when Cat, Caitlin leaves uh, Catlin. I like it when Caitlin leaves cat pictures on my phone, but that might just be taking it a step too far. Yeah. Leave cat pictures on your brain. Um, 
Yeah. That that sounds like awesome. a fun challenge. But... Would be awesome. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so Urban has got IoT hacking. So uh, this is a kid in Illinois who, <clears throat> who wrote out uh, his adventure in getting into being able to hack the entire school district and getting all the monitors and all the screens to play a rickroll all at the same time and not get in trouble with the district. How did he do that? That's the hard part. Well, look, um, part of the, the whole thing was as soon as it happened, uh, they sent an email with their report on how, how to do it, how to fix it. That doesn't necessarily <laughs> save you from punishment at all. Oh, this, and this kid's only 14. Yes. This is yes, awesome. 14. Uh, well, he, he first did it anonymous. Yeah. And then after finding out that, that okay, I'm not going to get in trouble now, here here I am. Well, how, now see, there's, there's a logic flaw here. You know, when I was a kid, uh, the USSR had an official national essay contest. They said, go ahead and criticize the government. We want to hear it. And then they locked you up, of course, if you criticize the government. So, I mean, I, this kid see, took a risk. Yeah, he I took wanna, a risk. I wish I could run a school for kids like this. That would be awesome. Well, you kind of do. <laughs> it, reminds, it reminds me of that of that time. Valve, the the people who make the the store, the uh, Steam store, uh, they got completely hacked, and the hacker said, "Hey, I'm in. Um, you know, you really need to beef up your security. Is there anything I can do to help you?" Uh, and the person in charge of Valve, I think it was Gabe Newell, said, "Yeah, of course, kid. Well." Hire you right away. This is incredible. You know, you you deserve to be right here at Valve. Just give us your your address, and we'll send someone right over to hire you to, to work for us and be for our security. So the hacker gave Valve the their you know address and phone number and everything, and then the cop showed up and arrested him. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, that's the thing. I mean, there was actually a kid in uh, New Zealand who was hacking Australian colleges, and first using a fake name of Trick. And posting on a blog and then using his real name and giving interviews to schools and put up a website calling them his clients and i actually got him to talk to me on skype and i said kid you're playing russian roulette you're waiting for one of those guys to press charges you can't call them your clients if you hack them without permission they're not exactly grateful and he i said you got to go straight and he said all right i'll go straight and then he said nah this handbound guy's just an arrogant idiot i won't go straight and went up back to doing it and then i contacted somebody who offered him a job and said, but of course you'd have to knock that shit off, and that did it. But you know, it's this is uh, this is not the way to go. And it is not. It's oh. not. But at least the good the good news is the kid did not get in trouble so far. Well, well, you know, if they if the company is a good sport about it, then you might get away with it. But you don't want to make a habit of doing this, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Anyway, that's it. Certainly makes a good prank at like DefCon and stuff. Anyway, Alan has got Let's Encrypt. Uh, Let's Encrypt and a certificate change that has caught out a number of organizations, including Palo Alto, Cisco. Um, Cisco? Yeah, you know, Google no, Cloud Platform. You know, whoever changes your root certificate, does anybody ever change your root certificate? I've well, never apparently Let's Encrypt, only one of the biggest pl players and well, why, one of the best. Why would you change your root certificate? What is hey, I thought we changed the rules on the certificates that they only live for two years now. Yeah, but that's the client certificates. Do you understand this, Alan? Why in the world would you change your root certificate? Yes, they actually address this in yeah. a blog posting. 
they say that uh, uh, when this certificate was first issued, this root certificate was first issued, they were a relatively new organization. Nobody knew who they were and they weren't really trusted. But now they are trusted and it's time to roll out a new root certificate because the old one was for a, a now obsoleted or deprecated version of OpenSSL. And so they're just going to switch things up a little bit and use. Well, that's their own. what I was thinking because because the old one used old encryption routines that are no longer considered secure enough. Right, right. They, yeah. the it was um, uh, 1.02 uh, or 0.2. Well, that is kind of a reason. Okay. Yeah. So they had their reasons, and they've been announcing this for a year and a half or two years. So they've been very clear about it, uh, and they gave multiple warnings, and even still a number of very respected and, and very competent organizations got caught out on this one. Um, so it's not quite uh, Facebook BGP level, but it is still kind of a big deal. And uh, managing your root certs as a client is also very, very important. This is another supply chain issue, right? I mean, how many other products outside your company does your product rely on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. And so now, I get, yeah. alternatively, you could just as a client, you could just use the uh, current up to date version of OpenSSL, and then this wouldn't be your problem at all. But it does apply to older devices that perhaps have not been updated in a little while. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you've manufactured firewalls and stuff, and they're out there doing whatever they do, like calling up for updates, and now suddenly they're not going to trust the servers, and you probably have to roll out some kind of patch. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, these are devices that might be five years old and they're still working just fine. They are still perfectly functional devices. They just need to be updated and they haven't been. Yeah, that's why you really need to have a, a good way of updating your stuff. Yeah, all right. And so I've got, uh, this one I thought was awesome. There's a video of drones raining from the sky. Apparently there's a contract to put lights on the drones and make figures in the sky in China. I've seen some videos of this and two companies bid for the job and one of them won and one of them lost. So the one that lost hacked the drones. So they all fell from the sky down on the people and cars and everything <laughs> instead of making the light show, which is pretty awesome. And they show the, these drones drifting down and people picking them up and <laughs> landing on cars and the sidewalk and everywhere, hundreds of drones. Obviously they should have gone with the other people. Well, and this is just what we were talking about a week ago when you said we need to have like traffic cops and lanes and and after you have drones flying everywhere, this is just going to be an everyday occurrence of broken drones, drones colliding, drifting down, landing on people's heads and stuff. This is the Blade Runner future that we're all headed for, I think. What free coffee from the sky? Well, yeah, it's true. I'm, yeah, I'm. I was gonna say I'm I'm willing to put up with some drones falling from the sky and some metal shards yeah. uh, landing near me if it means you know instant coffee from Starbucks whenever I want. So yeah, I'm willing to have a, a implant in my brain. You know, I'm uh, drones don't bother me anyway. Uh, all right, and so uh, we got a couple extras. Urban's got uh, Bluetooth flip flops. Uh, yes. Yes, I found that to be super hilarious. People are, uh, in India are taking uh, some tests and they put uh, a Bluetooth transmitter in their flip-flop and then put uh, a, a bug in their ear so deep in that they had to get doctors to help get them out. 
I have heard that cheating on tests is just rampant in India and people pay other people to take certain tests and, you know. Yeah, well, this, this is how rampant it is. And this is just this is just some awesome hacker culture here. Yeah, yeah. I would give an A if a student walked in like that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Maxwell Smart had this. He had a phone in his shoe anyway, but it was lower tech. All right. And the last one I got is I, I, a personal note. I got my booster shot and I'm not 65. And this is great. See, the, after Biden said, everybody can just get your shots. Then the CDC said, oh, no, only a few people can get your shot. Then the head of the CDC said, oh, we'll have an exception for people who like live at high risk. So the end result is technically you have to be like over 65 or have diabetes. But then they take you to the second page and they say, do you feel like you're in a high risk situation, like living with a lot of old people or something? And if you do, you can come get a shot. So you don't even have to lie. You just say, I feel at high risk. And if you go to Walgreens, other people told me they went to different other places and they actually turned them away for not being eligible. But if you go to Walgreens, they don't care at all. They just want the money. All they do is see if you signed up the form. They don't even make you wait 15 minutes. I get an appointment the same day, one hour from when I log in. So if you want a booster shot, you can just go get one. They are advising, though, that you hold off on that if you got Johnson & Johnson. Well, that's true. Now, if you, if you did not get Pfizer, then they're advising against it. Although, you know, if you are cynical and bitter like me and you do not trust our government, it seems to me like they have demonstrated that they have no idea what they're doing. And I guess sort of like the anti-vaxxers, I do my own research. I look at the data from... Uh, Israel, which is where it all comes from. And over and Israel and the UK, they're mixing the different brands and they say it's fine. So, you know, if you're willing to violate our glorious government regulations, then I think you could, uh, uh, that, uh, that caught my attention because before this rolled out, they said 2 million people have already got the booster shot. And I said, how did you do that? I said, I just lied. I walked into some pharmacy and said, I'm not vaccinated at all, give me a shot. And I'm thinking, you know, should I really wait for my wise government to recommend it? And the more I thought about that, I said, to hell with that. I have zero faith in our medical establishment making the right decision. So I went and got the booster shot. Is, isn't the booster know if I really need it or not, you know? Well, you, young people like you might not need it. Uh, certainly none of us need it to stay out of the hospital, but you might not want it to spread it to other people. I got it mostly because my friends are like in their 80s. So, you know, if you're going to hang around 80-year-old people, or for that matter, babies who can't get vaccinated, it would probably be a good idea to get a booster shot. Right. Um, so I was under the impression that the booster shot would be for like once a year. Um, yeah, me too. Well, the evidence has come out that your chance of it, there's protection against infection for at least Pfizer really does fade pretty badly. And also I think J&J to where your original protection against infection at all was like 90%. And after six months, it's fallen down to like 40 or 50%. Huh. I see. I read something that was saying that it's still, at least for J and J, it's still uh, just as high after eight months. Your protection against hospitalization and death remains high, but your possibility of getting enough of it so you can spread it goes up. Anyway, that, but of course, this is all preliminary data. We won't really know for five years, perfect scientific data. So you have to kind of make a guess. Anyway, I just thought I'd put this link here because I found the magic secret to get a booster shot. Because if you go to Walgreens, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. anyway. on, on that note, yeah, everyone, please get your, your shots and your vaccines and your boosters if necessary. So. Well, you should at least get the first couple shots. Everybody should do that. You could argue that maybe you don't need the booster, but everybody needs at least the first one or two. <laughs>
anyway. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's it for this one. And being Tuesday, we'll be back on Friday. That's the wrong button. Let me see if I can find the right button. There's the right button.